Achilles and his gifts And Spider-Man's control And Batman with his fist And clearly I don't see myself upon that list But she said, where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts Some superhero Some fairy tale bliss Just something I can turn to Somebody I can kiss I want something just like this This is episode 465 for June 2017, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And that opening song is called Something Just Like This, featuring uh, Coldplay and the Chainsmokers. I dug the uh, Spider-Man reference, and it's a catchy tune, too. I like it. Uh, before we get to our episode, i got a couple new things that I want to tell you about. Uh, starting with this episode, we're live streaming the podcast, so when we record it, you can see it up on YouTube. So if you would like to see what JR looks like, what I look like, etc., and what it takes to put all these episodes out a month, uh, you can do that. Uh, I put a notice up on the front page of SpidermanCrawlspace.com when we record, and several people watched, but uh, 100-plus. So uh, go to YouTube slash SpidermanCrawlspace, and you will see our YouTube channel. And please subscribe to it, and you can watch uh, us record the show live. Now, unfortunately, uh, YouTube doesn't allow a hyphen in Spider-Man, so it's just YouTube.com uh, slash Spider-Man Crawlspace. Also, since we last recorded an episode, I've started a Patreon uh, page where uh, you can uh, subscribe monthly to support the podcast and help pay for bandwidth costs. And we've also uh, got some cool rewards if you donate. Uh, anything from uh, a special Google Hangout to being a member on the podcast panel once every six months. If you, that's the highest reward. But if you would like to um, become a monthly supporter of the podcast, check out our Patreon page. I put a link on our uh, front page at SpidermanCrawlspace.com over on the right-hand side to support uh, the Crawl Space on Patreon. And if you click on that, it'll take you to patreon.com slash crawlspace. Patreon.com crawlspace. So far, we've got three supporters. So I want to give a public uh, heads up and thank you to these three people that have agreed to support us each and every month. So thank you to Patrick, Brian, and Craig for supporting the Crawlspace podcast. And if you'd like to do that, or if you would like to just do a one-time donation to help pay for website hosting and bandwidth costs, log on to our front page at SpidermanCrawlspace.com and look for a button on the right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal, and you can also support us that way. All right, gang, let's get on with our reviews. We've got a lot of them. Hey, Crawlspacers, welcome to our June podcast. We're doing the reviews now, but first, let's see who we've got on the panel. We've got Zach. What's going on, Zach? Ah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, Friday night. I didn't yeah, realize you're going with me first, but that's uh, that's fun. Uh, hopefully, you can uh, tell my uh, my companion for the evening. And uh, how to troll JR in five five seconds. There it is right there. Oh, for, my effing. For, for those uh, listening to the show, 
we're, we've started broadcasting on YouTube. So uh, search Spider-Man Crawl Space on YouTube and you can see this podcast live. At, well, it's not going to be live when you see it. It'll be delayed. You too can share the magic of live uh, podcast. What, what it's like to podcast live, which we're doing now. We've got 32 people watching us right now. So we've introduced Zach. Let's introduce Mike. What's going on, Mike? Oh, well, great to be here. And um, hello, everybody on YouTube land again. And iTunes <laughs> land and everybody watching and listening across the globe. Right. Yeah. And we have George. What's going on, George? Not much. And I have to tell you, with, with everything down here below, you know, the way that the Google Hangout is, is all, you know, arranged and everything, mm-hmm. I feel a little like Paul Lind, like I should be in the middle square. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny to people who are like 40 and nobody that, else. JR and I got Except it. Paul, <laughs> Lind, was on, exactly. Paul Lind was on drugs most of the time. He was on Hollywood Square. <laughs> so am I. Now, now, you had the modern version of Hollywood Squares that had Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I remember so, that. Uh, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, that other voice you heard was JR. What's going on, JR? This is an absolutely terrifying moment. I mean, am I really on really on live? Are people actually seeing me live? You are being seen live and oh, probably several days later this, you're, you're gonna hear they're gonna hear audio of you on a podcast. This only used to be on Star Trek. This is just absolutely terrifying. <laughs> next you're gonna next next you're gonna tell me that you can talk into your cell phone and find things. <laughs> That's you true. Know? That's true. <laughs> and we have Ashley. What's going on, Ashley? Uh, we're getting live snort trending. <laughs> Before we hit record, we, we got Ashley uh, snorting Rip a little bit. Taylor. Rip Taylor? What about Rip Taylor? Am I? Happy oh, I'm sorry. Here again. Rip Taylor. Dude. <laughs> I, oh, I remember that guy. I remember you, the you, know, guy. you people are not make, you know, <laughs> making you people, me happy. I got the reference. I, for those audio listeners who are listening to this later, we've also got, as we stream it live on YouTube, we have 33 people in a chat room commenting as we say things. So you might hear various things like Rip Taylor come out of JR out of nowhere. <laughs> so this is our business. Okay, that's from the epi- that's from a Star Trek episode, season two. Tomorrow, no, it's not. Is it tomorrow's yesterday? Oh, hell, I don't remember. I'm All right. Uh, before we get I just, started, I just think it's re- cool that we can see in. Sorry, I, I was going to say, I, it's really cool that we can see into JR's basement fully now. I feel like yes. I'm sitting like right across from him. J- For those listening, we have uh, JR's got Great. several goblins around him on his uh, video stream. Shocking. Right yes. So we have one iTunes review that I'm going to read. Uh, we had this submitted on April 30th. Let me get the screen a little bit bigger so I can read it. And it was uh, submitted by Up and Down and All Around on April 30th. Uh, the subject title is definitely one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever listened to. Four out of five stars. Note, Brad, when you read the new reviews of the podcast in the next episode too, just know that I'm using my mom's iTunes account to write this review. <laughs> I'm 19 years old. Yeah, I'm a spiderling. So heads up on that. To get to the point, this is the podcast. This is a podcast I recently started listening to on episode 459. I can see where the complaints of being too negative come from, but seeing how this Spider-Man brand has been tainted for a decade now, with Slot's current run being a disaster, the negativity is justified. Episode 462. Despite me being uh, disagreeing with the majority of the Crawl Space opinions on Spidey Homecoming, was a, it was another good episode. Special shout out to JR, who, <laughs> who I find to be the most interesting person to listen to. 
because it's JR. Please don't take offense to this. It's like listening to a grandfather talk about how Spider-Man <laughs> affected his life growing up when the character was fairly new. <laughs> Keep up the solid work. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says to keep up the solid work but what he doesn't realize is that really it's more of a chore for him just to keep solids down <laughs> i was about to say i have to put my teeth in before i say oh. getting anything solid well Remember, you know like- <laughs> george once described spider history as a drunk uncle telling you a story so i i guess being a grandfather is not too oh bad. my gosh that's that's hysterical that's hysterical <laughs> so thank hey, you just that. just uh, JR, you'll sneeze and then you will be long. Yes. I lost, lost you, Zach. I didn't hear you. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have what we're going to do on this episode. Since we only have uh, here, I'll hold it up. Look for those on YouTube. And the YouTube chat is is on fire right now. It is crazy. It really is. This, this, are, this, this is the, this is the book that we're going to review ASM twenty seven. And since it's goblin-centric, I thought our goblin expert could handle the synopsis. So go ahead, JR. Okay. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, we start off at Castle Kharkov, because that's the countess's (laughs) name. Deep in the heart of Sankaria. Anyway, Norman Osborne who by now has had more plastic surgery than Joan Rivers, uh, sits in bandages as his mad scientist plastic surgeon takes off the bandages. Now, as the doctor looks on in horror, Norman goes, mirror, mirror. And then the doctor says, you understand that the nerves were completely severed, Mr. Osborne. And then Norman starts laughing hysterically. And the doctor says, you see what I have to work with here. And then Norman Norman cackles madly as he staggers out of the room. Right? Is that it? Pretty much, oh, yeah. More, well, more, more or, or less, the, yeah. The YouTubers are saying, yay, it's t- story time with JR. Rest in peace, Joan Rivers. Tell us a story. Oh, JR is using his goblin voice. All right. <laughs> Thank well, you, YouTubers. The, okay, there we go. There we yeah. go. Somebody got the reference. That nice. Somebody got it. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> I mean, when sometimes I want, sometimes I wonder, you know, like when you have kids or whatever, and you tell them something you think is uh, profound, and they just stare at you like you're a moron. So uh, nice to know I'm among friends. Okay, well, you got the joke. All right. Got anyway, Doctor Dragovic tells Norman, you know, you really shouldn't have done this so soon after you wanted to look like Bart Hamilton. So why did you do it again? <laughs> well, of course, Lord, Norman doesn't tell him, but we know. That the last time Spider-Man confronted him, he called Norman chicken for not showing his face. And if you know that Norman hates anything, he hates being called chicken. Anyway, so once Norman gets Marty McFly, once Norman gets a gander of how he looks, he does one of those incredibly stupid supervillain things where because the supervillain makes some incredibly stupid mistake and blames it on someone else. Uh, which is what supervillains do. So I guess in this case, the doctor is really James Comey. Uh, so Norman, <laughs> oh, 
So Norman throws goblin gas at the doctor, which makes him, you know, wretch and gag, you know. And then Norman proceeds to tell us that because Spider-Man did something to him the last time they met, he's now immune to the effects of the goblin formula and that he's no longer crazy but stone cold sane and therefore more dangerous. So, yeah, right. Norman's not crazy. Yeah, I've I've got a big gripe about that, but that'll come in pros and cons. Real quick, JR, 227060 says we are all JR's children. Children. I was just typing in the chat. I'm dying over that. Oh, come on. I was about to say, I ought to bring in, I ought to bring in my, one of my real children, and they'll show you how fun that is. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I tried to get one of them on the show, and he declined. Um, but anyway, so anyway, ca- 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 Countess Karkov, Norman's new squeeze, drops by. And instead of telling Norman that he looks like he went face down on the friar at Chipotle's, uh, she pulls... <laughs> She pulls from her years of experience of telling new mothers that their homely new look, new baby looks beautiful. So she tells Norman that he looks like the man who has brought new life to her country. <sighs> All right. The sheen, sheen, the sheen, the scene shifts to Spider-Man and Silver Sable in a plane flying to Mimkaria loaded with all sorts of all sorts of spider cars and spider trucks and spider cycles and all that crazy crap. So Silver tells Sable, or Silvertail Sable. That sounds like a My Little Pony. <laughs> no, this no, this sounds like somebody with Alzheimer's trying to tell you a story. Because uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so Silver tells Spidey that Osborne and the Countess have enslaved her people, making them work in the factories, creating his weapons of mass destruction. So Spider-Man asks Sable how she escaped from being dead at the hands of the rhino during the time Dr. Octopus tried to fry the earth. Sable says that she read the Sherlock Holmes stories, the final problem and the adventures of the empty house. And it's fine. <laughs> he survived and let everyone believe she was dead so that she could come back and take out her enemies one by one without them being aware. Uh, and Spider-Man says, well, you could have just said comic books and that would have been fine. Um, so anyway, the scene shifts to Samuel L. Fury interrogating Aunt May and Harry, quote unquote, Lyman, because he's ashamed of his old man. Well, you know, and actually, I know what that's like. Uh, <laughs> Why, Spencer, ashamed of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's just, yeah it's, uh, uh, who, of course, are clueless that Peter was going to invade Simcaria to take out Norman Osborn. And even though Fury knows that Spider-Man's going after Norman Osborn, who has taken over a foreign country, he's still got to stick up his hind end because Peter is funding an invasion into a foreign country to take out a guy who is creating weapons of mass destruction. Hey, whatever the story demands, we'll go with it, right? Because we know where this is going to end. Anyway, Fury gets in contact with Mockingbird. Mockingbird gives him the coordinates to the Parker Industries plane that S.H.I.E.L.D. is tracking, only to find out that the plane was a decoy and Mockingbird has resigned from S.H.I.E.L.D. and is helping Peter Parker because, as she tells Fury, F you, I liked you better when you were David Hasselhoff. So, what follows next is when Spidey and Sable invade, we get several pages of generic battles, bad jokes, flying goblins, and walkers that Norman ripped off from Return of the Jedi. (laughs) Spider-Man unmasks one of the goblin flyers and find out that he's not just wearing a costume, but he's really, he's been turned into a real goblin. Norman has altered the formula 
and is now going to shoot some big missile into the air and turn the whole population of Smimimimimkaria into an invincible army of goblins. And we see those three frightening words to be continued because that means this <laughs> isn't over yet. Okay. JR, what is your grade, sir? Oh, I want the razor blades. Uh, wow. Wow. I give it a that D. Escalated. I give that it escalated. a D. Oh, did I say something triggering? I apologize to anybody out there who that all triggered 30, something. Or all 35 of you. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we got a D out of the go- biggest goblin fan I know, which is a goblin-centric story. Let's go, Zach. What's your, what's your grade, sir? This is a D. I mean, uh, Stuart Emmerman is good, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, what's your grade? Well, I hope you can see this off uh, YouTube land because <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving this a D. Oh, it's a letter. <laughs> I thought he was setting something up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know your rule against props, George, but I mean, that's the closest I can get. <laughs> George made a rule about props. You, you, you <laughs> listeners and viewers want to see props. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, what's your, Ashley, what's your grade? D. A, a, a what? D. Oh, okay. D. Got it. D. Yeah. And George. A D. D. The yard saves it from yeah. being an F. That's pretty much my thoughts exactly. D out of me also. George, uh, the pros, we've said the art. Is there any other pros for this? <laughs> JR. And the crickets yes. chirp. No pros? <laughs> Not a blank. Not you know. I wish you hadn't banned cussing, uh, but because it really is a lot harder to review these things when I can't cuss. Uh, you know, but, oh no, family friendly. It's like oh no, I have a reputation to protect. You know, <laughs> Lord. Anyway, okay. Anyway, but, so, uh, no, 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 pro- no. There are there are no pros. This is this is just awful. Uh, YouTubers, I'm going to go around the horn, but I want to hear some pros. If there's any, type it in the chat over there. Uh, around the horn, anybody pros besides the art? What did you like about issue 27? Come on. The fact, the fact that we're on part three of four and this is mercifully about to end. Yeah. yeah. It's almost yeah. over. Our long national nightmare. Uh, Ashley, any pros out of you? Um... Well, you said we couldn't talk about the art, so I guess not. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. Hold on. Uh, 227060. That's a hard name to say. Silver Sable isn't dead. That's a pro. I agree. Yeah, but that was well, like a pro from like a couple of issues ago. Oh, yeah. Hornacek said <laughs> oh, no, I didn't no, no. read the says that a pro is I didn't read the issue. <laughs> okay, no, wait a minute. I, I, do, I do have maybe well, one. It ended. There was get, a pro from Logan. We do. We, I do have a pro. There yeah. is. We do at least get an explanation for how Silver Sable is back. Yeah. It's not a great explanation, but at least it's something. Well, she had to come oh, back okay. for that okay. new Black Cat uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. Point poor, Ash, poor Ashley. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the next show. Poor <laughs> Ashley. Counter, yeah. Counterpoint. I'm not dignifying that with a response. Okay. Uh, Ashley okay. is so triggered right now. I'm, okay, Zach. You were saying. You were saying you were saying something about you have yes, a counterpoint. Zach, Zach has a counterpoint. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, God. So we're like, okay, yay, we finally get an explanation. Think about how long it's taken us to get to this point. What year did, oh, that, yeah. what year did she die, allegedly? Like 2013. Uh, <laughs> four, no, three I think years ago. 
No, well, wait a minute. I think it was, <laughs> wasn't it before Superior Spider-Man? So technically, yeah. that's actually 2012. <laughs> it's 2012. <laughs> it's taken us five years to get to this point. <laughs> ah! Another another pro <laughs> from the chat room. At the Ashley is triggered. That's a pro. <laughs> nice. Okay, oh. Sable died in 2012. Ends of the Earth. That's where she died, according to our 2012. 2012. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> the world is supposed to end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's yep. let's let's. Uh, if there's no other pros, I heard crickets. Let's do the cons. Jr. says you're you're man in this one, and, and you're smoking <laughs> like George. Okay. Someone earlier in the chat said I'm going to have to digitize uh, George's smoking out because Caseta doesn't like it. Yeah. Mm, oh well. True. Oh well. You you you're asking for cons. Hit me up with cons. Go ahead. Oh. Lord, I don't. Know. I mean, it, it's when the whole story is this bad. But uh, what? I just don't get Norman's angle. I mean, I just uh, what? What? Uh, why is he there? Why does he want to turn everybody into goblins? This is almost as stupid as uh, the uh, the final chapter where he wanted to break everybody down to their basic DNA and and recreate the human race from the from the ground up. And it's like that doesn't sound. No, no, this is not stuff the Green Goblin likes to do. Um, I mean, so I, I really don't understand what Norman's doing here. Uh, I mean, I, I and uh, really, that's it. I, I just I don't like this story. <laughs> so that's all right. Uh, cons everybody else. Um, you know, the, OK, to me, um, Norman's face where he looks now, I think is actually a perfect metaphor for the state of the current state of Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, it kind of looks I mean, yeah. It looks a little bit like um, kind of like Spider-Man, except it's now this twisted, distorted, deconstructed version, if you will, in which it's almost like it practically is almost not, not any semblance to him. I mean, the way I kind of described it in, when I wrote a review of this at, um, for my for the site I work for, Bam Smack Power, um, I described this as kind of like almost like a G.I. Joe episode gone bad, except even bad episodes of G.I. Joe weren't this dull. Um, because I mean, I mean, practically this whole thing was like, imagine like basically snake eyes cosplaying a Spider-Man and if he could talk, that's pretty much what this kind of got, got down to. I mean, mm-hmm. and even, to, even, um, Norman is now kind of like a combination of Cobra commander and Destro or something in there with the, with the countess as the Baroness, essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, and so, and also the other thing, you notice how there was that one scene where Silver Sable knocks this, um, okay. Remember how in the last issue. Silver Sable knocks some guy on one of those little <clears throat> goblin, you know, hover tricycle things into like when they were floating in Jane High and she knocks him off and he blows up in the building and Spider-Man berated her like you could have killed that guy. But in this issue, Mockingbird almost does the exact same thing. And this guy's like in, in his fire flaming, you know, meteor of death right into one of those Star Wars things. Adat Walker things and Spider-Man's like whoa did you see that that was so awesome like you know you know achievement unlocked like he was all <laughs> enthusiastic about it so it's like you can kind of clearly tell that oh this well now we I guess a uh, potential love interest gets like a pass and so it's obviously character showing there so that was my uh, big things about it but yeah this was I mean I felt that the first you know half of this thing kind of dull actually and then you know but all right, other cons. Ashley, what did you not like about it? Um, it was just so contrived, as um, you know, Jared kind of pointed out. It was, 
it was completely out of line with, you know, how these t- characters are typically characterized, what they're normally doing. It was really, it was very much written so that the, um, the story was driving the characters. The characters didn't really have any agency of their own. It was just, this is what needs to happen. And so, um, we're just going to make up a reason for the characters to go along with it. It honestly felt like the only thing that made it Spider-Man was the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That and the, uh, they're trying to set up Norman as like some kind of Dr. Doom with him, you know, lording over his own country. And that just doesn't fit at all for his, uh, his character. And I don't know why they're having him kind of step on Doom's toes. That and the, uh, the whole, the, the way they had the country set up felt so unrealistic and so unbelievable. It, it seemed like they were trying to run a country, a big country with who knows how many people, like it was a, um, an office. Any thought to people living their daily lives or any sense of the uh, whatever the say so was of Norman and um, and his lady. So it, it it felt like someone had watched five minutes of Beat for Vendetta and then cobbled together this setting. <laughs> That's kind of the impression that I got. It, just, it really nothing really existed outside of the. Uh, the confines and what the plot called for. So it was just some lazy and building that wasn't really meant to last beyond this one-off. Yeah. We all, we all saw this coming the, the end of Parker industries. You can see it coming a mile away. Something else, um, you know, which actually the, the people who have been commenting in the window of give uh, kind of uh, prompted this, but Norman and Peter really are Spider-Man. They're not acting like arch enemies. I mean, Norman makes a comment that the bug continues to vex me, but, uh, you know, I mean, these guys have such almost, both of them have almost a, a sociopathic hatred of each other, but none of that is coming across, really. I mean, it's, well, they could, they could just be, you know, any, you know, any, any old enemies or whatever. These, these aren't, they aren't playing like arch enemies who've been after each at each other's throats for 15 years. So. Well, couldn't that part of it be that, that uh, Norman doesn't know who uh, uh, Spider-Man is Peter Parker anymore? Exactly, which is also stupid. Yeah, so. yeah. it just feels like none of the history yeah. is there. I know, uh, sorry, um, a lot of people have been praising this, um, you know, volume four of Spider-Man because, you know, we have Spider-Man and all these different and new settings and new things going on. And I don't have anything against that. I like seeing new things done differently with them, you know, other than the same old, same old, but it doesn't have any of the old history and characterizations to inform those, um, these new storylines. And so it just feels like it's completely off the beat. Ornest Sex says, could you swap out Norman for any other Spidey villain in the story and not make any other changes? The chameleon. You can swap him out for any villain, not just Spider-Man villains, any villain. Yeah. Well, honestly, here's the problem. This is the, this is something that Marvel has been doing throughout the entire line. We've got Spider-Man who's behaving like Tony Stark. We have Doctor Doom who is suddenly healed. He's now trying to be a hero. Zach, you're sort static. of good. staticky. You're staticky. He's so <laughs> enraged. He's so enraged that uh, the internet can't contain it. <laughs> <laughs> so much rage. Okay, that, that's legit science. <laughs> You're back. Um, now, oh, go ahead. All right. So my my point is, <laughs> swap them out for Stegron. Hornacek says. <laughs> yeah. uh, go, my point. My point is, we got Doctor Doom, who is off being a hero. We've got 
Iron Man, who is now an artificial intelligence. So we're going to make Peter Parker Iron Man and Norman Osborn, Norman freaking Osborn, into Doctor Doom. This makes absolutely zero sense. I feel like that this entire plot was was drug up from 2006 when we were supposedly invading sovereign nations, and that's whole, the whole point of, of uh, Mark Millar's um, uh, Civil War story to you know to work out his feelings over it. Lo- Logan says, "Get that man a bag of flour." <laughs> I can go get one. I mean, this this at this point. This is not Spider-Man. This is something... No, it's not. Removed. And this is why when people sit there and ask us, why don't you like this current direction? I get what... To dovetail off what Ashley's saying, Ashley's point is right. You can do things differently with Spider-Man, but it still has to be a core of the character. If that mm-hmm. core is lost, which has been fundamentally altered in this particular volume, you can't... There's no... Where do you go from here? You, you blow Everybody it up and you start over. Yeah, I mean, it, we're we are so, and we've complained about this this entire volume. But this is this just exasperates every single thing wrong with Amazing Spider-Man right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, I'll, Zach, uh, drop the mic. Drop the mic. There you go. I'll I'll offer a uh, <laughs> a quick uh, kind of parallel to that for me. <clears throat> if if you want a clue that that Spider-Man stories are off the rail, it's Aunt May getting shaken down by Shield. <laughs> like suddenly, like suddenly, she's a cast member on Dallas with her own schemes or something. Are you are you kidding me? What the hell is that all about? <laughs> she does kind of look like Linda Evans in some of those shots. We are so far removed from what Spider-Man stories should be right now. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. I, we're we're. We're not even miles away from it. We're like, we're like on a different planet. Mm-hmm. A different dimension. Yeah. Yes. A time dilation portal is what we fell through right now. That's true. <laughs> any any other comments on this one that, that we haven't expressed yet? Any other uh, comments in the YouTube ch- chat? Uh, George, Logan uh, uh, Craycraft says, uh, George for the win. Yes. N- nice. <laughs> Remember when S.H.I.E.L.D. used to be good guys? <laughs> All right, Zach's preaching. I like this twenty-two seven six zero six zero. He's saying I'm preaching. Seven seven zero six zero. You can't even get the guy's name right, and he's trying to. Why <laughs> <laughs> you up there, Zach? Come on. Uh, one person says I won't read it. I, I, I just want to forget it. Oh, oh hold a sec. How how was the cover? Let's. I don't even like oh. the cover. Look <laughs> at the cover. Wow. It, it looks. What is that thing? Was it even? Any, it. Was it in the issue? No. Well, he's kind of, he's driving his spider cycle, but I don't think it does it does that little transformers move. That it's <laughs> it's Bumblebee meets Spider Man. What the crap? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, whoa, BD <laughs> hates the cover. One. You know that went down a grade because of that gang. Okay. Yep. Now, now a lot of you have asked for this, and uh, since we only have one issue to review, we're going to do satellites, and uh, we've got a ton of them. We've got uh, Spider-Gwen and Silk. We've got Spectacular Spider-Man. We've got Miles, and we've got Ben Riley. We've got 2099, and we've got Venom. And renew your vows. George, I didn't forget it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Dude, dude, any- the chat window right now is going nuts over yeah, satellites. So well- oh, oh, my goodness. Boy, you guys love the satellites. Heavens. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay. Uh, you know what's sad is they're more excited about satellites than they are the actual amazing book. <laughs> would, would anyone like to volunteer with their reviews of the books? I'll, I'll go first. I'll set okay, the tone. We're starting with clones. <clears throat> go ahead, All Zach. Right. So, Kylie, the Scarlet Spider, number one and two. I'm going to really go through these really quick. So, Ben Riley is in a costume that he stole from a cosplayer. Guess what? He's in not in New York. No, no. He just went a, fur, a little further east. He went to Las Vegas, Nevada. So uh, that has a New York, New York, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so we get Spider-Man, or excuse me, Scarlet Spider, not this guy, of course, right here. Thank, thank you for holding that up there, there Douglas. Oh, okay. Uh, I, you're, you're welcome. Hello. Uh, uh, thanks for talking about my book. <laughs> yeah. Good gravy. So, let's, anyway. let's move it on. So, so uh, Scarlet Spider is is confronting his demons. He's on one on one shoulder. He's got the Anubis Jackal. On the other, it's the 1990s Scarlet Spider, complete with jetpack. And um, I, uh, throughout this entire issue, uh, Ben's wrestling with what he what his next move is. And so he then decides to uh, save a uh, a lady from a mugger, and uh, then proceeds to shoot the guy in the leg. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up shoots the guy. Then he gives the gun um, to, uh, to to the uh, victim and says, you should carry this with you. So apparently Ben Riley is uh, pro-Second Amendment. And, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, his clone was down in Texas previously. Yeah, uh, so, well, I'll get to him in a minute. But uh, then we cut to uh, we cut to this brand, this sparkling casino uh, with Cassandra Mercury as the owner. Uh, she apparently had a, a daughter that was uh, cloned during Clone Conspiracy. She's pissed off. Uh, we meet Aunt June, which is the antithesis of Aunt May, and um, the issue ends with Cassandra pointing a gun at Ben. We pick up to issue two, which has her still pointing a gun at Ben. He negotiates. Um, to try to try to buy himself some time, we meet the daughter that actually had the uh, skin, the skin disorder that was slowly killing her. Suddenly, she wakes up, and uh, Cassandra thinks that she's that, that like Ben Riley has the magic touch, uh, not unlike the mark of Cain. Speaking of Cain, he kidnaps uh, Rita Carlson and then proceeds to start uh, trying to use enhanced interrogation on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Threatening to, threatening to put hot water on her face, but it's not hot water. No, no, no. It's dry ice. So even if that dry ice block had fallen out of, out of the picture... Yeah, she still would have got burned. <laughs> she would still got burned like like bad. So uh, so Kane is not a complete jerk. I, I'm heavily editing my uh, my review because of the no cussing clause. Thanks, Douglas. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway... We then uh, Kane's been trying to figure out where Ben is. He starts. He starts investigating. He finally figures out. Oh, hey, look, Las Vegas, Nevada. See next issue when we go back to the actual real hoodie. The end. Okay. Well, what's your uh, grade on the first two issues? What do you think? Uh, look, the the first two issues are a B minus. Um, yeah, I'm grading them on a bit of a curve because of the <clears throat> Peter David interview, which uh, all but confirms that you know the hoodie was not going to come back originally. But thank you for the fans for their outcry because that's how we got the we have this guy returning back to the pages at least visually. Yeah, uh, well, B, artwork's great. B's not bad. B for no, Ben. Yeah, I, I, I'd, <laughs> get, I'd give it like a B minus C plus out of me. Yeah. But anybody else read it? Any other thoughts on that one? The, the Ben Riley book. 
Well, Anybody on I the panel read, read it? Um, yeah, I uh, read. I read the first. I read those issues what'd too. What do you, I mean, you think, Mike? I, uh, yeah, I kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's kind of like I get what Peter David's trying to do with them. I mean, he's trying to show that both you know, Ben and Kane are kind of like they're not really necessarily good or bad. They kind of have shades of gray to both of them, except at the same time. Did you say shades of, of shades of gray clones? <laughs> That's a yeah. whole different movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just kind of like, eh. I mean, it's like, God, you know, but he got it's, it's what problem. he's got to work with. I mean, basically. So, so. Any, anybody else pick up the bin book? Actually, I did. Um, oh, what? Yeah, oh, yeah. wow. I had a few extra bucks in my pocket. And, you know, rather than buy my wife some flowers, I bought myself an extra comic book. Uh, but, um, <laughs> They're about the same price for a dozen yeah. roses, aren't they? <laughs> but uh, it, it was, you know, I, I don't remember much about it. I just remember after finishing it, I said, well, I bought issue one. I am not buying issue two. There was mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Nothing that made me even curious as to to following the rest of the story wherever it's going. JR, further, the, further the, proof because Jr. did not buy his wife flowers that he's a guy. Yeah, gosh uh, dang monster! The, the, <laughs> the YouTube chat room is going nuts, Jr. That you bought a book besides amazing, <laughs> and that you didn't. We're going to buy your wife flowers. I think that's funny too. Uh, hey, we're up to forty people watching right now. So hello, everybody. That's kind of cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's move on to your other book, Zach. What do you got? All right, I got uh, Miles Morales. Okay. So uh, I'm going to give you like a little bit brief. We just had a a crossover with Spider Gwen, so this has been a very much delayed book for the last few months. Uh, we finally get uh, Miles's father has been an agent of Shield for a few issues, especially particularly in this volume, and apparently he's kept it a secret from his wife. Oh. That's that's never a good sign. Ashley, you'll learn this later on. Um, <laughs> it's a survival technique, though. <laughs> True statement. Well, True statement. You also get marriage advice, and we just lost one viewer. We're now down to 39 after that. <laughs> uh, this will be a continuing thing where Brad just counts. 41. Oh, we went up to 41. There we go. What would you say, George? This All will right. be a recurring thing where you just keep throwing out the number. Mm. Well, we're down to 39, so don't pick on me. We'll go back up. <laughs> well, it's either that or he plays with his toys right there in, you know, in front of everybody. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. Miles Morales. What's going on, Miles? That book has been stagnant for a while, I think. Yes, and so we the, the major thing that happens in this issue is we get the confrontation. So... Jefferson is having to talk to his wife because she is madder than all as a hornet because she wasn't able to get a hold of both Jefferson and Miles due to the uh, Gwen Stacy cross or Gwen Stacy Spider Gwen crossover. So because they were off in the Earth sixty five or whatever. So as a result of this, uh, Miles's mom finds out that Miles is Spider Man. Um, she is not handling this well and literally walks out on them at the end of the issue. That's it. That's all that happens. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, Mike, Brian, Michael Bendis. We appreciate it's a, it. It's a big talking. Uh, what's your grade, sir? It's a, it's a C plus. Okay. Uh, Lu- Luigi says stagnant on Miles is generous. It's, <laughs> it's been stagnant since Secret Wars. Uh, I agree. Uh, and yeah, didn't she die? No, yeah, M- Miles's mom died, but she got better. 
thanks to the multiple thanks to the multiple man for giving him a hamburger after three yeah. weeks. Mother of the year says Hornacek. Okay, anybody else reading Miles at the moment? Um, I did. I did the. I did a thing of the um, the next issue, and yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. It basically Miles is kind of going through anger issues. Yeah. Essentially over that, but. Yeah. And boy, Miles is just spread out all over the place. He's in Champions, which mm-hmm. that book is so so. I think I, the I mm-hmm. like the Humberto Ramos art, but uh, it's just so so. Uh, who would like to go next for review? Um, I, I can go because um, okay. I got a couple ones. What, what uh, books you got? I've got, uh, well, I can start with the Freak, uh, the, um, the Freak, uh, the, the Freak had a minute. No, 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 no. I was about to myself there. I was going to give do the sneak peek of, uh, Peter Parker, spectacular Spider-Man that was right. a backup in the, in the free comic book day edition of secret empire. Nice. Uh, and this was written by Chip Zdarsky. I hope he pronounced his name right. And also pencils by Paul, Paulo Siguerria. They didn't, um, even though they think the actual series is going to be Adam Kubert, I believe. Yeah, Kubert. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, real quick, McNulty, because uh, I yes. actually uh, did some research on this. Zadarsky's name. It sounds like it's Zadarsky, but it's actually pronounced Smith. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, so the issue, so the issue opens basically. It's uh, it consists of Peter and Mary Jane. They're having lunch where they basically catch up and they basically rag on each other. Um, there's even there's a point where they actually where Mary Jane actually makes fun of Peter for um, why do you have to insist about the hyphen in Spider Man? So there is that. So I I love a, that. Yeah, Brian, um, Brian, and that Douglas fan service. Yeah, that was totally uh, my fan service. And while this while this is going on, the vault they uh, there's an explosion and the vulture in a new kind of slightly improved suit is flying over after having robbed a bank. So then Peter quickly changes into Spider Man and he engages the vulture where he trades in a bunch of like you're so old jokes like oh you're so old they should have called you the Sandman because you could have just basically any minute you can croak and just turn to dust for example that's like one of them but so. Eventually, um, Spidey, Spidey's got the vulture on the ropes when suddenly both of them get blasted with purple goop. Um, and this is when we get introduced to the all-new, all-different, all-female, all-hot topic, Trapster. All-hot topic. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, because she's dressed in, like, the leather jacket with a scarf and have a th- you know. The, now she's you know, kind of a hipster. Can we call her the tripster? Yeah. The tripster. <laughs> well, well, Spidey kind of – well, Spidey sends like – well, Spider-Man suggested, oh, do we have to call, when you called it a trapster, do we have to say it without like the E or something or like, you know, have it like a Z in there or something like, you know, trap, trap, stir, like without the E, you know, tra- but um, anyway, so she basically calls them all both old and then she takes uh, the vultures ill-gotten gains and takes off. Um, and then the, then the free comic book, it, they, the backup ends with two shield agents Apparently, this is somehow connected to the Vulture's new suit, and so there's some kind of thing going on there. They're trying to investigate these two shields, investigate, like, well, and they're afraid to go up to the top, and so they're thinking, and so the comic ends with them thinking about one of them possibly going to Spider-Man for help, even though he's not going to like it. So um, I would give this issue about maybe a B-minus, C-plus. I think the art's pretty decent, some nice Woody Banner and everything. Um, what did you think and of the, think M- M- like- the MGA talk at the front? What did you think of that? I understand. I understood what Zdarsky was going for, but I sometimes felt like it could get a little too harsh mm-hmm. at times. 
Um, I mean, I get they're supposed to be like he's trying to establish, hey, these these two have are know each other really well, and so they kind of rib all each other. That's guys what friends do. But sometimes it's just the way that the the what the, the style of ribbing kind of gets. I mean, some people did get upset with the way how they kind of handled how that was kind of handled and everything like that. But yeah. I understood what he's going for, but I do think it could have been maybe not quite that. The, the one thing I liked about that book, it felt classic Spider-Man, and we haven't yes, had that feel in a long time. Right. Long, I mean, it, this whole volume, yeah. in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. And now the next book is okay, um, Spider-Man Deadpool number 17 written by Joe Kelly and with art by Ed McGinnis. Now a little yeah. back story about this. Um, Patient Zero, who is actually uh, Deadpool's buddy Weasel come back from the dead. Um, he created a, a, a kind of the psychotic 90s-esque assassin called Itsy Bitsy who is comprised of Spider-Man and Deadpool's DNA. So technically she's kind of a clone of both of them, even though she's female. So it's kind of weird. Um, Yeah. Well, so she's been going around killing in the name of both of her father's names. And this is really kind of really aggravating Spider-Man. And he's kind of driven to the breaking point. He wants to try basically put her out of action. Oh, Mike, you there? Mike is locked up. Chat room. New costume. There you yeah, are, Mike. There you, there you, there you yeah. are. Oh, okay. Do I want to go back a, uh, back a little no, bit? Because no, because I was saying that because Spider Man created like a new superior Spider Man esque costume. Which yeah, is that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, which is kind of both ridiculous and awesome at the same time because it's got like multiple arms and everything. Um, so then Deadpool. In the meantime, he gets wind. However, he's got wind of the fact that this is all kind of part of a plot to kind of get Spider-Man's soul. And so he tries to warn Spider-Man about this, but Spider-Man kind of doesn't really want to listen to this. In fact, at one point, he even threatens um, to expose the location of Deadpool's daughter if he doesn't back off. Mm -hmm. But Deadpool actually is able to call his bluff on that point. Um, So... So, so Spidey and, and Itsy Bitsy fight. Um, there's he actually gets drives her to like this giant solar generator thing that Parker Industries made that kind of really like literally almost blows her in half. Although she can still regenerate stuff, and Spider Man is kind of about to put the kibosh on her when Deadpool steps in and interferes, and that's how the issue ends. Oh, by the way, I neglected to mention who the mastermind behind mm-hmm. this nefarious scheme to basically um make Peter Spider-Man yeah. and um corrupt Spider-Man and uh and uh send his and dispatch his uh mortal immortal soul to hell. It's none other than the Mephisto. Yep. So we are getting so Kelly is actually ten years after the fact, we are actually getting somewhat of a follow-up of the ramifications of one more day. Yeah. I love how I love how everywhere else lots like that's you know acts like it's such a MacGuffin. And he's like, no, no, don't get your hopes yeah. up on that. No, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, but basically, it's kind of a yeah. But again, you're probably wondering like, well, wait a minute. I thought he was supposed to leave Peter, Peter Spider Man to roll alone for the rest of his days. He says, ah, but remember, technically, since the deal didn't happen, that little side deal that Mary Jane had told him about that leave him alone, that also didn't happen either. So now that's kind of the yeah. loophole there. So. Yeah. What's your grade on that book? Um, I'm giving this a B plus. Um, I think it, the guard's great. Um, I like how it kind of embraces it, embraces it embraces both the current Spider-Man, but also kind of lampoons it at the same time. Um, 
I also kind of like the role reversal that both uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool have. Like Deadpool's actually the voice of reason in this, where Spider-Man's like, no, I'm mean, like all dark and gritty and everything. And, but but it's kind of done a, a little bit hilarious. My only my big con though, I don't think it has a lot of depth because this is just basically one big protracted fight scene over the entire issue. So and and it's a bit, yeah, she's deliberately kind of a like I said, a '90s-esque villain. She's kind of like more of a you know kind of a silly thing but but overall i'm i'm kind of enjoying this and so i'm looking forward to see what the i guess because i don't know if it's if issue 18 is going to be kelly and mcginnis's finale on the series yeah so i'm really kind of curious as how how they're going to end that one well good thing it's not actually ending but it's still but the uh well i i think it if if they wanted to end it on a good quality note they'd end it with that that creative team oh yeah but i think the the uh the fill-in artists and writers haven't been good yeah but i mean i think part of the reason why spider-man and deadpool has been doing so well that they've just i think i i imagine this would have started off as kind of like a as a as a limited series but then because of the good reception it's gotten they decided to kind of extend keep it going so um so in a way it's i think that's but yeah, it'd be interesting if it's just going to be kind of rotating uh, creative teams from this from this point on. It's going to be, I think, it's going to maybe a little bit tough at times because we've all saw what happened with Brand New Day when that what happened there. So uh, I forget who said it, but so, in the in the YouTube chat, someone said uh, Kelly is so trolling Brand New Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. And, and, and I got to call my buddy Enigma twenty ninety nine. He did a lot of the covers for CSA, dude. You just put some fighting words up saying that Black Cat's not interested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't don't incite uh, Ashley. She's going to go off if you insult The situation is under control. <laughs> your, your name's on the list now, buddy. Oh, great. I said, that's fine. More for me. <laughs> All right, Mike, I think, is that your last book? Yep. Okay. Uh, Ashley, you wanted to go next. So All right, I'll go. Um, I did this a little now. differently because I know we had um, – we haven't gone over some of these satellites in a while, especially Silk and Spider-Gwen. And so I just kind of went and did a recap of everything that's been covered since then. And Brad asked that we keep this very, very short. So I kept it very short. So apologies if it's not that in depth. <laughs> so basically with Silk, um, she found her family in the negative zone, which was weird. They were talking to dragons and she found her mother who was dressed up as a red knight and fighting off all sorts of like mythical creatures and stuff in the negative zone. They had a, um, in spite of all the kind of fantastical stuff that seemed out of place, they had a good family reunion moment. And after that, they're all back together again, ready for um, just to get their life back on track. Um, However, Cindy feels like she can't settle down yet. She doesn't quite know what she's looking for. She ends up moving over to the West Coast to continue her job with, um, you know, working with um, with JJJ's news channel. And she gets caught up in New You and the clone conspiracy, unfortunately for her. She um, <laughs> wants to her identity as Silk a Secret. So she debuts instead as Silk Worm with a new look, which is pretty snazzy. And she teams up with her ghost ex-boyfriend, sort of current love interest, but he's a ghost, so they don't really go anywhere. Um, his name's Spectro. And um, they handle, they mixed it with Clone. It was interesting because since his power is essentially that he can be a ghost, they, um, they brought him back as one of the clones. And um, so they had an interesting moment where he and Cindy could 
reconnect for the first time and actually kind of pursue some sort of relationship until, of course, you know, the whole uh, sound attack went down and he started uh, his body dissolved. But he came back as a ghost. It was all okay, I guess. Um, After that, she decides she wants to just focus on finding herself. And after some conflict and discussing with her family and talking with her therapist, she decides that she wants to... uh, she does want to pursue being a hero, continuing her life as Silk and being a hero full time. So she takes up Mockingbird's offer and joins S.H.I.E.L.D. However, she runs into a woman named Fang, who it's revealed was um, had been watching her ever since she'd been in the bunker and trailing her. She'd been uh, had ties with Ezekiel, who was. Um, oh, what was our name for him back in Spider-Verse? I wish I could remember. Someone will have to remind me later. and I'll kick myself for not remembering. But um, she had inherited all of his money after his death and used it on curing Silk of her powers. And um, oh, that that curing is, her of her powers. That's and, Ashley. Uh, Here, everybody. Ava walked in and, and wanted oh, to say hello. That's and then, Ashley. Oh. And Hi, that Ashley. is George. And that is Jr. He's a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Mike, and that's I, Mac, and these I, are thirty-eight uh, YouTubers. Look right there, baby, and say hi. There you go. Look, what does that say? They're talking about you. They, Anthony says hi, Eva. Hi. Okay. <laughs> All right. I dyed my hair today. She did dye her hair. She got a little bit of purple in it right here. Oh. That's the best color. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We love you, baby. Crawl space. Oh, he said, not, love you, baby, crawl space. All right. We're interrupting Ashley, so go ahead, Ashley. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. That was a good interruption. <laughs> but anyways, um, Fang is using Ezekiel's fortune to try and – she says she's trying to cure Silk of her powers, and she enlists the help of her father, who doesn't want her to be a hero. But what Fang is actually doing is trying to extract Silk's powers and give them to herself so she can take over – Spider Society or something, and um, but of course, Silk beats her, and um, she reconciles with her father, who accepts her for what she's doing, and is happy to see that she's you know happy with her life, and she and her family live happily ever after. And, and that's the, the end of Silk. There's no, there's been no mention that Silk's coming back with her own book either. I haven't seen Silk with the exception of Hulk, and that book's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that are was. You, uh, are you sad to see the book end? Yeah. Am I sad to see it? Um, maybe, yes, and it did, but I feel like there wasn't really anything left, anywhere left for it to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of sad it got tied up in clone conspiracy because it was just a crossover done poorly. You could tell they clearly did it before they had to. It was really rushed. Yeah. And I mean, anyone who happened to be reading Silk without reading the clone conspiracy arc would have been left in the dark. So it was... And not meant to stand alone on, on it. We've talked about Silk, Ashley, that you it were reluctant been. to buy this book based on the Dan Slot appearance of her. Something yeah. I would actually, since it's kind of, they've closed the book on it, I would actually enjoy doing a full read-through on it again. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a fun story, not just, um, it managed to keep her, her emotional journey pretty consistent, just of how she is um, not only going through and finding her family and fighting crime and teaming up with Black Cat and all these like little micro stories, but ultimately the story of her becoming happy with herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you liked the character at the end of the day, right? I did. I got really attached to Cindy. Yeah. When she was actually written as a human being. 
just not the hor- hormones, etc. Yeah. Oh my God! Don't get me started. <laughs> did, they, did they finally just drop all that crap? Like, yeah. like, like, yeah, they, they, well, they, they yeah, nothing they, they, burger they, 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 it was. Come up at all in in yeah. the um, her spinoff series? Not at all. Yeah. Any chance of a cosplaying as Silk in the future for you? Ooh, maybe. Maybe I don't think it'd be. I guess you'd have to get that logo and and the mask or whatever. But yeah, I did actually. I don't. Last year, I don't know if I brought this up up on the podcast at all. But at MomoCon, I cosplayed Black Cat and went nice. to a big um, Marvel DC photo shoot. And um, there was a silk cosplayer there, so we did a few photos together, and it was really fun. Oh, I haven't oh. seen that. That's cool. Very nice. Ashley, when yeah. you were at MomoCon, did you go to the uh, Overwatch voice actor panel? I- Hornifex huh? says, everyone take a shot every time Ashley brushes her hair aside. It's asymmetrical. <laughs> it gets in my eyes. I can't help it. I have the exact opposite problem. <laughs> Ashley, when you were at MomoCon, did you go to the uh, Here, Overwatch take- panel? At what now? At MomoCon, did you go to the Overwatch voice actor panel? I wasn't able to make it this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't go. I was lame. Anybody? Did anybody else besides Ashley and myself read Silk? I don't That'd I know our, our reviewer on the front page, I think it was, uh, was it Ryan or Sean? Sean, he, uh, he had a very heartfelt, uh, uh, emotional type of, uh, of final review. Because that was his final review he's done for a long time. He's been reviewing for our site now for like eight years. All like a lot of those satellite titles. That, quite frankly, the rest of us didn't want to review. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You've got uh, Spider-Gwen next. Yes. Spider-Gwen was all over the place. So, um, we had, of course, there's a big announcement that, that Gwen and Miles are going to be in a relationship now. So we see kind of the other take on that in, um, and Hook. We don't see how they got together at all. We just see them kind of going through the relationship and the, uh, the little form with that. So together, they're pretty much teaming up and fighting Silk, which in Gwenverse is the evil organization headed by Cindy Moon, who it was revealed is the evil genius behind um, who formulated the isotope that created and led to Peter becoming the lizard, essentially. So they team up with Miles' dad, and they pretty much save the multiverse together and fight Silk. Um, after that, things kind of get back on track, and she's back in her, um, in her, in her universe dimension, whatever you want to call it, and she's, uh, um, who get back to helping, um, Harry, who had, I can't remember exactly what he did, but he somehow got afflicted with the same isotope that Peter did, and so he was transforming into a version of the lizard as well, and that was how he's kind of becoming Green Goblin. But they, um, so she gets pulled in by Matt Murdock and some people he's teamed up with to try and find a cure for Harry so that he's not running around rampant as the lizard. Realize that when they, um, they expose the isotope used to create Spider-Gwen's powers to what was essentially the lizard serum and makes a, um, it creates venom essentially. And they're trying to pressure Gwen into bonding with it so that, um, you know, it stabilizes her powers and that she, um, they tell her, you know, it'll cure Harry as well. So she goes trying to hunt him down and runs into 
Wolverine and Shadowcat, this universe's version of them. And um, Wolverine is essentially, I was a little disappointed because Mace has been really good at is and um, artistic takes on, you know, classic Marvel characters and just putting this totally different spin on it. Like we saw um, with Black Cat, with Captain America, um, Matt Murdock, just really completely different characterizations and depictions of these people. But Wolverine was essentially very much the same what you would expect. He was a samurai and he was approached by Weapon X and turned into what he is. So there's little difference there. But anyway, he and Shadowcat are fighting over a bounty that was placed on Harry because he's running around with the afflicted by the lizard serum. And so Gwen has to fence Harry to take the cure and um, push forward. So Okay. What's your uh, what's your grade on that book, you think? For Spider Gwen, I would say the most recent two issues where things got back on track, I would give it about an average of B. Okay. It's, There's not too much. I think when they lose the artist, we're going to be in trouble. What do you think? Definitely. It's uh, yeah. the style, the really distinctive style and the, the coloring is what helps this book stand out. Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely in a, um, it needs the art as well. Mm-hmm. Anybody else on the, on the panel reading Spider-Gwen? I, I read the cross. Uh, it's not a bad book. Here's the thing. Uh, um, I think it, this, the, you, to kind of dovetail on you guys' this point you just made on the, on the art, this is to me uh, the same problem that Ultimate Spider-Man had. As soon as Bagley left, mm-hmm. it was not Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. And, and I think that you're, we're going to run into that with Spider-Gwen. Ironically enough, you know, her dating Miles, um, creates that so i i just i i don't know man i i feel bad for fans of this character because i feel like that it's it's starting to find its footing again and it's it's just that crossover stuff and and honestly because of the delays i think the momentum of the book has been very very uh the momentum has been killed jr the, the youtube chat is saying you're too quiet do you care about spider gwen you know, I read the first uh, four or five issues and was somewhat interested, but then, but then dropped it. Um, well, one reason I'm, I mean, I haven't read the books and other people have, and I'm letting them talk. There's no reason to talk over them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had my say. So, yeah. All right. I think that's all your books, Ashley, isn't it? That's right. Okay. Uh, George, renew your vows. What do we got, sir? All right, so this is Renew Your Vows number seven by uh, Conway and Stegman. Um, Wolverine and Spidey uh, fend off an attack by Magneto's new brotherhood, and Spidey stops Wolverine from killing Miss Mistress, who doesn't even have an M on her costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was a little weird for me. It was like an R or something. Or, uh, I yeah. Um, she almost looked like the female version of Avalanche or something. She did, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the mask and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, Miss Mistress with a different letter yeah. on her name. On her, on her suit. She's uh, Eminem. She'd be Eminem. Sure, right? So, uh, so meanwhile, um, while that's going down, uh, MJ and Cyclops, who are outside, fend off an attack from the blob. Uh, and Annie tries to talk some sense to Jubilee before deciding to get Shine to safety and help her father and Wolverine. Uh, Jubilee goes after Annie to stop her, but Annie turns the table and uh, takes Jubilee out. Another psychic attack 
<coughs> from the White Queen takes down Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler, who had joined in at some point. <coughs> leaving the Parkers to face Emma and uh, and Magneto, while Spidey and Annie argue about her uh, <coughs> excuse me about her continuing the fight. Uh, Mary Jane uh, takes out Magneto and Emma like in one go, like in one punch, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, Peter and MJ decide not to send Annie to Xavier School, and Magneto, his brotherhood, and Jubilee get carted off to the raft. And as the story closes, Liz uh, decides to get involved in her son's new fixation on Annie. Uh, in review: I gave this one a B. Yeah, and and I'll uh, I'll tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. You wouldn't. You want to do the whole thing where everybody talks? No, about No, no, it, it's but. fine. I, I, we'll, we'll talk. Open it up. I think <laughs> everybody's right. read this issue. Um, I, I, I had. <sighs> You know, you know me. I love Mary Jane. Uh, I don't necessarily want to see Mary Jane taking down the White Queen and Magneto with one punch. Yeah, I was yeah. the same. Th- I thought the same thing. That I mean, uh, that was oh boy, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was jarring. I was like, uh, no, this isn't the thing that should happen ever. Now, in uh, fairness, though, I think she was. The idea was that since Emma was controlling Magneto telepathically, that all Mary Jane had to do was basically punch Emma, and then that boat knocked both her and Magneto out. But I even guess, so, but it's it was, it's still too easy for someone who hasn't even been doing yeah. the superhero thing that long. Yeah, exactly. And, I thought and, I was like, oh, this is that's a bit too. It was a bit too much, they, and it's just it was just an abrupt. They probably I mean, the would have spent issue. more of the issue with that fight if they didn't meet, speed it along. I probably mm-hmm. wondering if it was for pacing. I mean, the rest yep. of the issue was fine. It's just at that point, I that was like, whoa, are really? Yeah, yeah. that was mm-hmm. weird. Um, yep. So that that brought it down for me to a B. Mike, it's Michael Reed says it's like MJ versus Fire Lord, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Basically. Oh, that's funny. So you gave it a B. Anybody else enjoying the book? I, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just that ending was what. Hmm. Yeah, I read it. I mean, it was it was fine. I mean, uh, uh, I you know B minus. It was enjoyable. I mean, this is a fun book. It's never going to be a uh, award winner, probably, uh, but uh, I think it's it'll be enjoyable for as long as it lasts. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. That's your only book in it. I guess it's my turn in it. I've got two books. That we're going to talk about. The first one is Spider-Man 2099, issue number 23, uh, written by our friend Peter David, who Zach just did an interview with, uh, and Will Sliney continuing. Basically, the book is uh, an event, uh, destroy some sort of event destroys um, Miguel's tr- version of 2099, and he's found that the the date that it all goes to heck is uh, May 15th, 2019. So uh, Miguel finds a way to jump to that portal, and he lands in some uh, rubble, which reminds me of, like, Amazing 33 when he's lifting up the Mm. rubble, which, uh, you know what? Since we are on YouTube, it looks like right there. See? Okay. And uh, he is in the future, and Parker Industries is destroyed. So evidently, gang, we have to wait until 2019 for Parker Industries to be destroyed. So we have two more years of uh, Peter Stark. Uh, so he goes around. Uh, Miguel's looking for something that causes a disturbance in Times Square. He's uh, cloaked. And what does he see in Times Square? Something that JR has seen in Times Square, which is someone dressed in a Spider-Man suit. Only this is classic 2099 
in Times Square. So this is essentially what's happening happening right now there, Brad? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here, you have to talk. Let's see the props. And so, so I've got I've got old uh, I've got old twenty ninety nine versus a new twenty ninety nine. So there you, there you go. go. He's got he's playing with more or less. What's happening right now? Yeah. So he uh, stumbles across uh, twenty ninety nine Doc Ock. Twenty ninety nine Venom is also in Times Square. And oh, who is holding the uh, Tyler? Tyler is holding the MacGuffin, if you will, that's going to destroy the universe and. What happens to Tyler? He's stabbed in the back by the other Spider-Man 2099 wearing the classic suit, not the uh, the white suit. Uh, B minus out of me. I'm going to miss this book when it's gone. Uh, I like 2099 a lot. I like Pete David. Um, I, I, I think the only downfall so is, is say- tied to Parker Industries so much. I didn't really care for mm-hmm. that. So, anybody else reading twenty ninety nine at the moment? Uh, I will say this: um, it's it's a good book. I just hate that we're losing twenty ninety nine because because Peter David's doing Ben Riley. Um, <laughs> ben, Peter David in that interview, uh, which is the latest episode of Clothes Iron Chronicles, by the way. Plug. plug. Uh, that in that particular episode, I, I specifically asked him about twenty ninety nine. He said no comments. So we're. Because it has not been solicited since, I think, July, I think we're under yeah. the impression that it's done. The, the alternative so. theory, which I have, is I don't know how many issues, if you add up the, this previous one and this one, and you add up volume one from the 90s, if mm. that magic number each equals 100, I could see it coming back at that point when they do the classic renumbering. Oh, that would be interesting. That's interesting. I mean, that, that somebody, somebody on our YouTube page start doing the math. Yes, yeah, someone on YouTube, yeah. add, add these numbers up. Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3. How many numbers does that equal? There's like the four. Because math is hard. Wasn't, yeah. there 40, uh, uh, wasn't there 47 issues of the first volume? I thought it was more than that. 46. <laughs> 46. Okay, so forty six. So, so there's there's your algebra equation. A equals forty six plus B equals. <laughs> Here, I'm going to wait for the YouTube channel to answer this question. Get cracking. Get cracking, YouTube channel. Okay, the other, this is a family show. This is the other book I'm going to review. It's Venom. Speaking of adding up all the numbers, how is that oh, for a segue? Yeah. Venom number one fifty. How much mm-hmm. did Uncle Brad spend on this one? Six dollars. Look at this. Six bucks on this one. At least it was less than Amazing oh, Twenty Five. <laughs> oh, visual aids. Hey, uh, real, you probably got as much stuff. Real quick, Brad. Uh, just this yes. is important from chat. Uh, oh, okay. Um, uh, Andrew Weir uh, said, uh, "George, you've cheered me up so much over the years. Always look forward to your input every month. Cheers. Suck it, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> this just into the YouTube's." Okay. Um, I never liked Andrew anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if you read the previous issue, uh, which was issue six, they, so they go from issue six to 150. Yeah. So, oh, 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 we have an answer. 81 issues yeah, of 2099. There you go. Hmm. So uh, the previous issue, Eddie Brock got the costume back from, I forget his name. Zach, what, do you remember his name? Lee Price. Mike, there you go. Lee Price. Lee Price had the book for all of six issues. 
and then gave it to Eddie Brock. So Eddie Brock is walking around and say, hey, I've got the suit. I missed you. No, I've missed you. Drink in the moonlight. Let's go out. I'm not making that dialogue up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eddie goes and he starts swinging around, starts swinging around. He break, breaks up a bank robbery. And the art's kind of cool in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the bank robbers have a tomato and a and a. It's like an anti-gravity like tomato. Holder. Anti-gravity tomato. That's just kind of odd. Anyway, so Eddie breaks up that uh, robbery, and then he just happens to go to the the uh, the bell tower church where he originally got the suit, and he sees a couple punks uh, that. Uh, they're going to mess with the church, and he says, not here, you kids. So he beats up, uh, he scares off the the bad guys, and there happens to be a priest there. So Eddie uh, talks about uh, being away from a long friend and et cetera. And then he walks outside of the church, and the new scorpion uh, starts attacking him and says. Well, like, actually, it's the old scorpion in a new suit. Yeah, it's Max Gargan. Yeah. And uh, he says, the people at Alchemax told me you're around here, so let's fight. So they do. It's a, did you just say Max Gargan? You did. Mac. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Mac. And you call yourself a spider fan. I'm so sorry. Mac Gargan. Sorry. So uh, Eddie outwits Max, Mac Gargan, and uh, he goes back into the church. He's kind of bleeding. And he, well, actually, no, he's not bleeding. He notices blood. And. Uh, the priest dies at the end. Well, that's because the symbiote took over while De- Eddie was knocked out and took care of the priest for him. Oh, he did. Oh, I didn't. I, yeah. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. So the, yeah. so the symbiote killed the priest, huh? Yeah, because he was trying so, to protect, quote, protect Eddie, basically, because yeah. it's, it's kind of gone insane. Even yeah. more so than usual. Symbiote has gone insane. Yeah. The uh, other story in this is about how Flash Thompson lost a suit. Uh, let's see. He was shot with, let's see. It's like some Sonic. Some, uh, always the Sonics. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he, he can't take it. And Flash is like, come on, get back on me, buddy. And he runs off mm-hmm. and he goes into the sewer. And that's when he meets up with Lee Price. So yeah. the symbiote just essentially ran away. And then we have a backup by David Michelinie. And uh, Ron Lim, who had some uh, art on the various Venom miniseries, and Michelini wrote the very first uh, miniseries, uh, Lethal Protector. Mm-hmm. And what's uh, name from from back in the past, man? Ron Lim. Ron, Lim, yep. I liked Ron Lim back in the day. If you notice, uh, like on marketing stuff, like on children's books, etc., Ron Lim uh, does a lot of the Marvel children's books along with Todd Knock. So I've always liked this stuff. Oh, man. So, my, my 90s itch just got scratched really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think, help me out with this, because it's been a couple of weeks since I've read it, Mike. He's basically working in the mall. Is that right? Well, he's planning on going to uh, get Spider-Man. But yeah. he, what he's, he's going to try to do that by, he says, okay, I'm going to let these, like, another group of robbers rob the mall, and then Spider-Man will show up. But again, he figures, yeah. oh, I got to. I got to basically attack, get, 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 go after these guys. I have to be the lethal and, protector, yeah. And then there's something about us, and there's a security guard that he tried that he initially saves, but then the security guard yeah. then tries to basically says, oh, there's a point where he's trying to like, he's scared of, scared of venom. He says, take this, take this innocent woman instead. And so then, and then so Eddie kills, kills her, kills the security guard because he figures, oh, you're not really an innocent after all. 
And so, and so then they kind of the issue ends with like, oh well, it's um, it's our <laughs> virgin who makes us stronger. Yeah, it's a very '90s kind of throwback story. Yeah, much, it, it was very forgettable. I, I hate to say, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's okay. One thing yeah. I thought was interesting, they did the math for the um, how they hit issue 150. Oh they, yeah, uh, all the various miniseries mm-hmm. from uh, the '90s. Uh, into the 2000s. Yep. And I have by the way, all these, by the actually. Way, <laughs> by the way, yeah. the order of those miniseries is actually wrong. Oh, it is? Yes. Because um, I was looking up some of the stuff for um, <coughs> on, like, I guess, where they do the Marvel Wiki thing. And they actually do, where they actually do have, them, have those miniseries in the proper order when they came out. And whoever put those, <laughs> those covers together, put them in the wrong order. So, that's only that's something that's that a couple- would notice. That's funny. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, the chat room. Ron Lim is cool, but I'm not a fan of the way he draws faces. Ron Lim drew the last half of Infinity Gauntlet. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Ron Lim had a run on Sonic the Hedgehog. I did not know that. <laughs> uh, Ron Lim has is an example of good '90s art. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, everybody, had, everybody had a run on yeah. Sonic. When Jr. was the artist on Sonic at one point. <laughs> uh, I think Steve, Stephen Butler also had a pretty lengthy run on Sonic before he went to his new Archie stuff. 